Yeah. These kids are doing more than just showing up. They're trying really, really hard. It's just... <laughs> there was there was also a moment this week where I thought, are they trying to like pull a Fred Durst on us? I know, Playing the long right? con? Are they trying to do the Dexter Holland on us? Like I really, I, that though. really went through my mind. Yeah. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! Sound like something from uh, Attack of the Clones or something. Um, all right, this is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, different artist, and we Star break Wars. down one of their records and we list our bangers, stinkers if we have any, and uh, we try to have a good time doing it. My name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, give us five stars. All the social media is at Asinine Radio. And now that we have the boring intro out of the way, let's jump right into this record. What are we doing today, Jeff? We are doing Good Charlotte's album, The Young and the... Fuck. The Young and the Hopeless? The Young and the... Yeah, with the question mark and everything, right? I was saying The Young and the Reckless, but it's The Young and the Hopeless. Good Charlotte formed in 1996 in Waldorf, Maryland by Joel Madden on vocals, Benji, Mat- Benji Madden on guitar. They currently have seven full-length records, five EPs, one live album, and have sold over seven million records worldwide. But we're doing The Young and the Hopeless today, and it's the band's second album, and it was released October 1st, 2002. The album features Joel Madden on vocals, Benji Madden on guitar, Bill Martin on guitar, Paul Thomas on bass, and Josh Freeze on drums. Ah. <sighs> Now, Jeff, what uh, what's your uh, origin story with Good Charlotte? 
this album. This is my origin story. It was uh, it was it was this album. I I I had not heard little things until after this album. After this album, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so weird. After, after when oh, nah, the suit is not black. <laughs> I, I didn't hear it until after this one, so I don't have like a lot of nostalgia with with little things. God, that sounds yeah. fucking shit, dude. The album's not good, but um, <laughs> this this album I loved. I loved when it came out. I thought it was fantastic. I've gone back to it over the course of of the year over the over the course of the years, over yeah, the course over, of over the last years, over the several over the decades. Yeah, and uh, it it's it's gotten periodically worse and worse and worse. And the last <laughs> one I went back to it was probably like a year ago. When I wanted to buy it on the vinyls, because it's really expensive on the vinyls, and I was like, well, let me listen to it again to see if I even like real, actually like it. I fucking hated it. I thought it was so bad. I thought like every song was just absolute <laughs> shit. But this week changed. This week changed. Oof. This week why? changed. Why? So, why? Why? I'll get well, I'll get into that there, dude. Well, this week changed. Um, but that's my origin story. Was was this album when it came out? I um. This is like the start of pop punk, dude. Like high school. It's 2002. It's not the Same start of pop punk. Get out of here. Of, of our high school about? year? Yeah. What do you mean? What am I talking about? We started oh, high we school. We were into 2000... pop punk prior to this. Eh. Eh. I, I was into Newfound Glory, Bling, Green You Day, were never into Newfound Glory. Fuck out of here. Bullshit, I was too. is not pop punk. Get out of here. Oh, you would know I what I mean, though. Your teeth. Nah, get the fuck this out of here. This is the start of our. This is like the beginning of our pop punk phase in high school. This is this is no. 2002, two, three, four, five. So we were freshmen here, the same year as 2002 World Champion and I'm Angels. So this is the start of our pop punk endeavors in high school. Yes, correct. No, it was not at all. Yes, no. it was. What are you talking no, it about? Wasn't. We started high school in 2002. We when started, high school, started in high school in 2001. You knucklehead. No, we didn't. Yes, oh, we yeah, did. 9/11 was 2001. Yeah, yes, we were right. freshmen. Yeah, come on, dude. Two, three, four, five. Get I'm, I'm counting my fingers right now with my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I base like my entire life around 9/11. Like, did it happen before or after 9/11? And I know that we started high school during 9/11, so I base my whole history around that. So we started. Weirdly, we yeah. started high school. What, like August of 2001? September, right after Labor Day. It was always the day after Labor Day. Why do you know so much about when we started school? I don't. I don't like because any I think of it's that. so bizarre. I think it's so bizarre that kids start like at the beginning of August now. When we always like it was every year, it was always the day after Labor Day. It was always that we always had that three day weekend, and then we started on the Tuesday. Fuck even knows that. I don't know because that. that's how it was every f- fucking. How long were we in school? From five to eighteen, so thirteen years. That's how it was every fucking year. Thirteen years. I, I don't. When I was when I was in second grade, I wasn't like, oh, we have Labor Day to fucking goof off. I know who the fuck cares, dude. I think it's weird <laughs> that kids aren't in year round school. That's what I think is weird. So I agree. I agree. But whatever. It's all the little things. Little things. things little, little things. things. <laughs> they always bring down. God, this song is so dumb. <laughs> well, I guess, okay, my origin story is the little things. Or is little things. I remember seeing that. I think I was wait. I woke up really early. I stayed up really late watching MTV. And the little things video came on. And I thought, wow, this is real? I thought, this is this is fucking trash. This is so bad. And uh, and then what? and then wow. I forgot I, I forgot who I was hanging out with, but they had heard it too, and we just trashed that song. We would always make fun of it. I think it was Sean. Yeah, I think it was Sean. And then we recorded it on a VHS tape, and then we would watch it all the time and just make fun of it. And uh, yeah, so that was that's my origin story is little things. And then when this record came out, when lifestyle or when the song "Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous" came out. 
that oh man i i hated it i hated it with a passion oof fuck this album i i I like it more now than i did then i definitely like it more now but back then i i despised this record i despised that song so much so that's interesting like like if there were to be a graph for me it would have started like high and then every year i listened to this every subsequent listen would have went down and down and down and down until this week and then it dramatically went back up <laughs> well mind you me liking it more now is not that much of an improvement than it was in 2003 or when yeah when this come out oh 2002 sorry yeah it hasn't it hasn't gained much um you know likability since it's, 2002 it's, it's weird because like I saw Dude Where's My Car in theaters and I don't I don't remember like that song Little Things in the movie. I don't remember it from that movie either. I really don't. I mean that was a killer soundtrack. A lot of good pop punk. I saw dude, I saw like American Pie in theaters. I saw Dude Where's My Car in theaters. I didn't see American Pie, just Dude Where's My Car. I fucking love that movie. But has it held up? Have you when was the last time you watched it? I watched it like maybe like a year ago, two years ago. And it's still pretty good. No, it's fucking trash. But well, of course it's trash, but it's funny. Look, yeah, it's hilarious. Look at yeah, the two okay. actors that are in it, man. Like, yeah, dude, Sean William <laughs> Scott is so goddamn funny. He's so funny. I love that kid. Not a kid anymore, but yeah. So, yeah. so the, the initial thoughts of Good Charlotte here. Okay, so I'm just gonna say it because it needs to be said. This band is not good. They're not good. They're just not a good band. But they try. They try really, really hard, and. As in, like an image, they don't match the image, right? The whole mm-hmm. like really aggressive punk thing matched with the really awful pop punk thing they're doing. It's kind of weird. It's kind of disconnected. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But I do think they try. I don't think they're very good at it, but I do think they no. put forth an effort into trying. Yeah, I mean that's one thing to try, but uh, it's there's really nothing good about this record. This um, record isn't this record isn't phoned in in any way. I think every song on here, they legit tried their hearts out. And there's a lot of things on here that is <laughs> really, really, really good. I know it's sad. It's 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 unfortunate <laughs> because not everyone can be like the best. But I, I respect it. And I appreciate them for trying. And they've been trying for very, very long. And they're I, still I, trying. I tried to read like a lot of interviews and things that they did. And they always seem like really, really nice guys. Mm-hmm. And they always have like nothing really negative to say, and they do a lot for their fans, and they're really really nice to like as far as like signing autographs and, and doing things for their fans. They just seem like all around nice guys. Yeah, that. So I agree with you there. I I think that they they are really they seem very down to earth, really great, but that doesn't excuse the bad music. You know, I it, I know it really I know it doesn't. doesn't. I know it doesn't excuse it, but. It's like when somebody's playing music over and over at a bar or something and you're like, man, this music sucks, but that guy's really into it, so I'm kind of into it. That's how I felt this week. <laughs> like, ah, man, this stuff kind of sucks, but uh, I like that you're trying really hard, so I'll give <laughs> See, you an A for effort. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a participation trophy. Yeah. That's what they are. That's what this yeah. album is. That's what this band is. And, you know, they reading more about like their, their backstory – they were very kind of DIY. I mean, a lot of people kind of shut them down and didn't really like them, but they just kept getting out there. They just put their name out there. They force-fed their music down people's throats, and they eventually got picked up, and they, they even the label didn't really like it. Um, then they put out the first record. It flopped 
the good charlotte's good charlotte flopped and they didn't want to do another record and it was just just everything about this band had everything going against them but for whatever reason it was just enough to get over the hump and sell records and it's 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 actually really amazing that this record sold as many copies as it did because it's not a great record but then i also understand why people like girls like 12 year old girls love this record i really get it because it's about there's a lot of songs about love and like puppy love like you know what i mean like just superficial love and they write from the perspective of like a 13 year old boy or girl they like almost every song not just like the 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 love songs but the more the darker songs about their dad and suicide and stuff like that everything is is written like a 13 year old's live journal at the time that's what it's like to me that's what it sounds like to me or reads to me like and these guys when they i looked it up when they made this record they were 23 years old so they were well into their adulthood and they were still writing songs like this but you got to you got to take it you got to take it to who they are, right? So, so there's there's some actual they're sheltered white kids from Maryland. That's what. They yeah, are. but they're fucking poor, dude. They're not middle class kids. They were they're they're lower no, class kids whose dad left them, and they had to yeah. grow up dirt fucking poor. They are kids that that had to have the tenacity to grow up on their own and put out music, whether or not it was good or bad. And they like they they make their own management firm to help other musicians with like better management so they don't get screwed on record deals. Like by yeah, all accounts, like these guys are fucking dope. And didn't just they, their music sucks. Even in the beginning, didn't they donate to a lot of charities too? Yeah. They were like always either playing, and stuff. Yeah, playing yeah. shows for, for like, like, uh, I don't know, whatever you call, not a foster home, but a place where like displaced kids go and things like that. Yeah. They're playing shows for charity when they play shows live and stuff. They, they're not, they're always signing autographs till the last person is done having an autograph. They're always there. And and I like all of that. I like all of that. And but they're they're emotionally underdeveloped at this point. Yes. It's straight up. Yeah. They're they had no father growing up. Their mom was working constantly, so they didn't have any kind of like authority figure. And then we see one of them dating Hillary Duff when he's like when she was sixteen and he was like twenty two or twenty four <laughs> yeah. or twenty five or some shit. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you're right. And that was that was weird. But it's not that weird. But it was acceptable at the time. Well, because like nobody, first of all, nobody knew about it because it kept it pretty hush hush. And Mm -hmm. the fact that he's mentally younger and she's mentally older, so they kind of met in the middle in a weird way. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like taboo and fucked and weird now. But that's just like that's just kind of how things. That's what it seems like. But like these guys are just man, they just try really, really hard, and I, I, I. I don't want to just shit all over this album because there's all there are a lot of really really cool stuff going on here, and I like it. And there's a couple songs on here that I was like, "Wow, this is actually better songwriting than I ever thought you could possibly do." See, I I was really disappointed with the song disappointed with the songwriting because it was a lot of a lot of the same tricks that they did over and over again. And and neither guitar player Billy or Benji are good guitar players by any means. Um, and they don't, there's no reason to have two guitar players, first of all, because it's, they're both playing the same thing and any sort of leads you hear, they're, they're just, they're nothing. They're not even like filler. They're just, they're pointless. I don't, you see a lot this? of the, a lot of the quiets to the louds, to the quiets to the louds, throwing some little hip hop kind of things in there. It's, I don't think it was that great song from a songwriting perspective. 
you see this stuff a lot with like like uh, like Christian pop punk. You, you okay. see this a lot. You see these bands that are writing really really mediocre music, but in interviews they're fucking nice. They're all like happy. They're all smiling. They're high fiving yeah. each other. They're drinking. They're drinking like Dr Peppers and not like dropping down like Mickey's and shit. Even though these guys did have alcohol problems, but they just have. They're very <laughs> very happy to just be in a fucking band and playing with their boys. Yeah, yeah. That's what this band is. They didn't have a drummer because, fuck, their, their drummer the situation has been horrible for many, many what years. What was what would happen with their first drummer? I didn't really read much about it. So, like the way I read it was he left because he wanted to do a different band. The way I'm understanding it as somebody who just I don't know knows nothing about music really, but I think he thought the music was dumb and he thought the band <laughs> was going nowhere, and that's why yeah, he left. Yeah. That's what it seems like. Yeah, okay. But this, I, I mean, but the, it's understandable. It's just a band that just is really, really happy to be in a band. They're just really, really happy to be writing music, to be hanging out, to be like even rubbing elbows with some of the people that were in their music videos at the time were just fucking massive stars compared to Good Charlotte. Good Charlotte, I don't think it's like this, this like synthetic thing put on by the record label to sell. I think it's just like these guys are just like clawing away to try and just get mm. noticed and they're barely what, getting noticed. I don't know. I like it. I respect it. I like it. What I was going to say is what I think is cool about this record is that they, they were such fans of the punk scene, obviously like the way they, they dress, or at least Benji dressed. He was always wearing the patches, the stickers on his guitars, all that stuff. And they were, they were huge fans of the Vandals and they asked, they really wanted Josh Freeze to play on this record because they were in between drummers and Josh, did it he, he played the drums on this record and i think that's really cool because they they were kind of unknown and they got a drummer that they really respected that they really wanted to play on the record and i, I, th- I thought that was really neat and to even just like seek out a studio drummer is one thing the hey was who was, was the label epic or something hey epic i don't know who's who yeah it was epic hey epic we need a drummer for our new album send somebody over okay we're gonna send this guy over no they sought out a guy who's known to be a studio drummer but, but they also, also really respect drummer. him as as a musician they like the band that he's in and, yeah and these guys do like a lot of punk music and that was like the big thing throughout the years with kid charlotte was these guys look like they're punkers but they're playing horrible pop punk music <laughs> and it's like that's such a fucking that's such a gatekeepy thing to do right that's it's so it is stupid like like i'm still gonna make fun of them for the way they look because they look dumb but i think all those punkers look dumb not True. just good Charlotte. They all look stupid. So, but it's it's such a, a dumb thing to get to peg somebody down for. It's just like the way they look. Their music just happens to not be very good, but that has nothing to do with the way they look. The way they look is because that's how they grew up. They listened to this type of music growing up, and that's what they feel comfortable doing. But that shouldn't have any bearing on what their music sounds like. I think I think when it comes to their image, which yeah, I agree is ridiculous. I mean that whole punk image is really stupid. So stupid. I was kind of a part of it, you know, with the Liberty Spikes and all that shit. You totally were a part of it. I, I was, but I think at the time my issue was, you know, I dressed that way. I was made fun of a lot for that for that shit. Stupid, and, you know, whatever. Rightfully so, I was. And then all of a sudden, Good Charlotte comes along, and then nobody's really making fun of them. Like everybody loves them all of a sudden. And I'm like, well, they look like all of us, but you hate us or you make fun of us, but now you love them because they sing this pop punk shit or this bad pop punk. Now, I remember being really pissed off about that when I was in high school. And then and then remember like the Good Charlotte hoodies? They had GCHC, Good Charlotte yeah. Hardcore. 
Yeah. And it was like, dude, they marketed that hardcore punk thing so much. And just, it was, it, it was, yes, yes, yes. It's, yes. uh, it's gatekeeping, but God damn, it's frustrating. It's so frustrating because so many great bands try so hard and they don't get shit for it. And then Good Charlotte comes along with the same image, but just different music and they blow up. Like they, they're, they're it, culture appropriation, right? Kind I, of. I mean, I guess, yeah. Like like genre. You could say like genre, genre, appropriation. genre appropriation. Yeah, there you go. I like That's that. kind of what they were doing. But they were part of the genre. They 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 they, they lived very, in the genre. very lo- barely, very loosely. But the music, no. But like they went to shows. They they supported other people. They respected it. They enjoyed it. Okay. They were, yeah. They were part of the genre. They couldn't it's play just, their instruments like a lot of punk bands. Yeah. Yeah. Play their instruments well. Yeah. And like, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of a good other artist, or or, or even like like a, honestly, the 2002 World Champion Anaheim Angels. <laughs> Nobody on that team was really great. They were all good, but like the way yeah. they worked together, the way they came together as a team, they were scrappy. They were the wild card, went to game seven. They played against the, the Giants that went to game seven. They're both wild card teams. They shouldn't have even been there because the fucking wild card is a joke anyway. So like this is a <laughs> team that was just scrappy. That was just kind of like a group of, of misfits coming together to do something great. That's good Charlotte. Just a bunch of guys that aren't really that great. <laughs> I they know, got the tenacity. They got. They got. You know, they move forward. God, they're so frustrating. They're so fucking frustrating. It's. I. I. It's like I want to like you more. I really do. I, I'm. I'm trying to really, really like you more, but you are just not that good. There are. There are. There are also so many things about this band that seem like they're manufactured from a label. I know they're not. I mean, from everything I've read, it doesn't seem that way at all. But all signs point toward that because none of them are particularly great. They are. They're all being genre appropriating. Um, Their image was just, pushed so hard. They were, they were pushed so fucking hard. Like, how does this kind of so record hard. sell this many records? Like, I understand, you know, the Spice Girls, Britney Spears, and Sync because that stuff was like very catchy. They they were good. I mean, Britney Spears not so much a good singer, but. She had really catchy songs. The other boy bands had great voices, catchy songs. Like I get that. I get why people loved it. I, people loved the innocence of it. But this didn't have any of it. I just, I don't understand how how they made it so big. I really, outside of the lyrics, I don't understand how they made it so big because the lyrics are so juvenile that a lot of young impressionable kids can get behind it because they don't understand. I, I also think it's they don't understand anything more complicated. When we talk about like pop punk, especially of this era, and then we're in full pop punk season, so we're gonna talk about pop punk a lot. Yeah, but What's next month, two thousand one, right? That was Toy Page, and and mm-hmm. arguably the greatest of all time of in pop punk terms. Yeah. Um, but like two thousand one also had kind of like other other bigger pop punk stuffs. Uh, like one for the kids was two thousand one. All Killer no Filler was right as well. Uh, the I'm sticks and stones, right no, uh, the self-titled. Yeah, and then so like all the, all of these things are 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 coming out in two thousand one, but none of them are dark. Nothing is dark, and then Toy Patch is not dark. Blink wasn't dark. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, think, the, the self-titled New Found Glory was two thousand. I think I think Alkaline Trio probably threw down an album there, but like uh, 
I mean, they already had two records. I think they put out a record in 98 and 2000, right? But they, they weren't getting the kind of mainstream success that like Blink was getting. And so true, true. little things catapulted Good Charlotte into the into the, the, the A tier of pop punkers of the era. And so when this comes out and we th- we're throwing the image of, of dark, right, of goth, of hot topic, now everybody that likes pop punk but is also kind of dark can piggyback on this and enjoy good charlotte kind of in the same way that like people love my chemical romance like those kind of darker kids that are that are going on to that genre of music now like mm-hmm. everybody that likes pop punk that is goth can listen to good charlotte and feel included in the genre when normally yeah, it's just sense. about like dick jokes and fucking around so that's that's what i think maybe good charlotte kind of ran with it and and, and got bigger than they for sure should have because there's a handful of songs on here that I think are bangers, but overall, even like the bangers that I think are bangers, there's only really like two, maybe <laughs> three only, true bangers. I feel like they're only bangers within the context of the record. Like it's almost like you kind of feel bad for him because the record as a whole isn't very good, but you're like, okay, I got to give some of these songs a banger yeah. status. That's kind of how I feel about it. I mean, I enjoyed listening to some of these songs, but... Uh, uh, I, okay, so let's, let's let's get into lifestyles, I guess, because we haven't talked about a song yet. Just yeah, oh. shooting on Good Charlotte all the time. <laughs> Wait, wh- I just want to throw in one more thing, because th- so, and then we'll get into the song. So, after this week, after listening to this band, especially this record, and then watching the music videos, because we have to talk about the music videos, because they're very important to the to the band. Honestly, I think the videos are just as important as the songs. But these songs sound like they were. It's like in modern times, like you throw up, you throw into like an AI program, like Blink-182, you just throw in like Blink-182, punk, goth, like a bunch of different words, and it spits out a, spits out a song. That's what Good Charlotte is. They're it spits the, out a the, video too, and that's they're what the video AI, looks like. Yes, exactly. Especially after watching the video for the anthem, which we'll get into in a bit, because that I think that video is the most, no, not the most important one, but... You know, yeah, you know, that, that is the weirdest video that, to me, is the anthem video. That's the weirdest one. Um, but no, after watching that video, and even, because I made Tammy watch all the videos, and she was miserable the whole time, Oy. and she was really mad about it, but then she, she was like, why do they keep doing this over and over again? And that kind of really solidified the thought, like, this is like an AI band. Like, they don't sound like a real band. They're just, it doesn't sound real when you really kind of think about it. So, <laughs> with that being said... Let's jump into lifestyles of the rich and the famous, or rich and famous. Where does this sit for you, banger wise? This is my this is my uh, this is my two B. Okay, this is my one B. <laughs> this is my two B. I um, it's so close with with the anthem. It, is, is is the anthem your two B? Uh, the anthem is my yeah. It's uh, no, it's my three B. Okay, well, but so I'll, like, I'll, I'll I'll explain why later. Lifestyles and the, and the anthem, I think, are are two like actual really really good pop punk songs. Even out of like, if Good Charlotte didn't sing them, they would still just be really, really good pop punk songs. Um, Lifestyles, mm-hmm. right? I didn't know until this week. Um, that drum beat is 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 from an Iggy Pop song. Mm-hmm. And it's the fucking I didn't same know that thing. Either. And I listened to it, and uh, yeah, it's the same fucking thing. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's, that's the cool, best part. Of, that's like the best part of the whole song is that opening drum beat too. But is that is that? That's I'm 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 just guessing, but I think that's because Josh is such a great drummer, knows a lot about music, and it's like, oh, I like this Iggy Pop song. This would go well with this song, 
and I'm going to like talk about how great Iggy Pop was. Whereas like the guys in, in Good Charlotte probably had no idea who he was. No, they probably did because they, they I know think, their shit a little bit. I think Josh probably knew the beat, knew the song, but I have a feeling it was something like, oh, the producer brought it up. Saying, oh, we should start it out with like, you know, what's a good drum beat? And then they kind of brainstormed and then this was brought up. I think it was, that's my theory, that it was brought up by the producer and then Josh Freeze liked it or maybe he suggested it. I, I don't see the brothers bringing up that beat. No, for sure. I Because I, Eric Valentine's been around for, for longer than the yeah. brothers have. And so I, I think if there was a discussion, it would have been between Josh and, and Eric, which is funny because they're not even in the band. But that's. That's good, Charlotte. That's good, Charlotte, dude. Cool. And that makes total sense, right? Like, like guys, stop for a second. The adults are talking, like that type of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. And it's it's funny, like reading their relationship with Eric Valentine. They would butt heads, butt heads constantly because Eric would would always tell them, "No, that's not good. That's not good." It wasn't this record. I believe it was the one from 2007. What was that? The one that you really liked? Good Morning yeah, it Revival. Yeah, it was their dancey one. I think it was that one where they wrote like 40 songs or something like that. And they they would give them to Eric and he'd say, no, that's bad. That's bad. That's bad. And then they whittled the 40 down to however many, which is normal. But it, it made it seem like Eric had way more of a say in where the band was going than the actual band did. Well, especially after the success of this and 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 Epic Records is probably like you guys, whatever the fuck he says, you do it. Otherwise, you're not getting any more money. Yeah, and, and we saw how quickly they anything. they fell from grace as well. I mean, after this record, outside of the one song on um, the following record, nothing ever came close to any of the songs on this one. And that's the thing: this band should never have even fallen from grace because they should never have been in grace to begin with. They, they had no, yeah, they had no fucking right being there. Like this is yep. this band, like I don't even know, like All American Rejects, right? Like that's a band that that barely even made it to grace standards, <laughs> but they've yeah. they've put out more stuff than than Good Charlotte has. Fucking Relying K, even Switchfoot. Forget talking about Christian pop punk. <laughs> I don't know. Switchfoot do have one good song though. Switchfoot is trash. Overall, yeah, they're trash. But anyway, yeah, lifestyles of the rich and famous. Um, I, I do think this is a banger of a song though. This is a true banger. This is a fantastic pop punk song. It is. It, it's 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 surprisingly catchy considering how monotone Joel is in every single song. It is surprisingly catchy, um, and I, I mean. We have to bring it up with every song because every the guitar tone on every song is identical. It's a wall of just noise. There's no there's no like real tone to it. And there was one of the record. It might have been this record where they were talking about like what equipment they used and like what kind of pedals and amps. And it's all this like fancy shit. And you listen to it, you're like, wow, this sounds like it's run through a hundred different effects and it's been auto tuned. It just there's no. There's no feel. To, there's nothing to this guitar tone. There's nothing memorable except that it's just noise. <laughs> there's <laughs> there's nothing to it. So, and th- this is a perfect example of that. Just that dun dun. Like it's not even like a heavy. They aren't even like heavy notes, heavy power chords. It just sounds like I said on the rankings episode. A lot of their tone sounds like really clean distortion, like the cleanest distortion you could possibly get, the most polished distortion you can ever get. That's what's on this record. That's what's on every good Charlotte record. Yeah. But otherwise, the chorus is catchy, man. It's a good. <laughs> it's a good song. We all sing it. It's a good it. song. 
there's a lot of really really bad parts to it like the way he says money like money like that's <laughs> uh, that's really stupid and now on the verses he sings through that there's that like that voice filter that we hate where it's oh, like no, it's, that, that. it sounds like it's a far away like, thing like, uh, like fucking um the governor of california has the floor from that green day song yeah from holiday. um holiday, holiday yeah the bridge to holiday yeah that whatever that megaphone sounding thing yeah Ugh, it's so annoying it's so cheesy but that oh, like, that's how both both of the verses are in this song i will say too that this fucking guy dude, eric valentine this guy throws so much production in this goddamn album it's irritating it mm-hmm. irritates me. This song has a shit ton of swells. There's at least three or four swells just in this song alone. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of like background orchestral things. There's chimes on some of these songs. This guy takes some fucking liberties, and it rivals like Jerry Finn on on Enema, <laughs> and it pisses me off and is fucking bothersome. I will say, going out there. <laughs> I want to say Corn worked with Eric Valentine at some point on like maybe Serenity of Suffering. Oh, that's why I hated it. I'm double checking right now, but I I <laughs> that know would be I, funny. No, that you know who they worked with Don Gilmore, and Don Gilmore also worked with. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Don, what? Yeah, he also worked with Good Charlotte, right? Yeah, he did their first yeah. album. And I think their last album. Or one okay. Of their last albums. Yeah. So so yeah, they I know for sure they've done worked with Don Gilmore. I'm trying to see what records they were. It was it was with the Paradigm Shift. Makes sense. It was just the Paradigm Shift that they worked with Don Gilmore. But I, it makes sense because it has that that record, that corn record has a very kind of robotic, metallic sound to it, to its whole production, much like a lot of guitar that is just that noise. And that's how this corn record is. But um, but yeah, anyway, back to I, I think I think styles. like like overall production wise, I I think this guy does takes too many liberties and 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 just. It, I think he's one of those producers like Feldman that thinks he's part of the band and wants to input his his touch too much and that bothers me. But yeah. um song-wise the the drop towards the end like where it slows down and then it kicks back into that faster drum beat, right? Yeah, yeah, that, I know what you're talking oh about. Oh my god, that's fucking just absolute gold. Absolute <laughs> gold. <laughs> the song that is part really is really good. good. <laughs> I fucking love this song and it's been playlisted for many years and I I still listen to it. I fucking love this song. It's a great song. So I'm, I'm could, looking. I'm, I'm looking through Eric Valentine's discography real quick. So he did a couple. The first two Smash Mouth records, you know, Astro Lounge, and then the self-titled. Um, he also did songs for the Deaf, Queens of the Stone Age. I forgot about that. Oh dang! He did a John Fogerty rec. John Fogerty record in 2004. <laughs> He's fucking John Fogerty putting out records in 2004. <laughs> he okay. did. Um, he did Louder Now by Taking Back Sunday. Interesting. It's your favorite. I love that. That's that's their best record. He did their self-titled record as well. Yeah, he's done some interesting things, I guess. Five Seconds of Summer, of course. John Five Sauce, sure. He did the Gwen Stefani uh, Christmas record, too. And he did the mixing for several of the songs on uh, Pacific Daydream by From Weezer. Oh, God. <laughs> Which is <laughs> like their fucking most record. fucking produced album they've ever done. <laughs> such a shit record Holy. all right anyway um yeah. before we get into the oh, what do we what do we have on the lyrics real quick lyrics then we'll jump into the video because i do want to talk about the video song is about whiny famous people it's uh it's superficial but it's it's interesting because they're trying to say something these guys are trying to say something they're trying to be edgy they're trying to say like oh like we should 
like fuck the police like nwa came out and said fuck the police like that was revolutionary that was the yeah. most punk thing that hip-hop has ever seen good charlotte is trying to emulate that they're trying to do something about fucking over like the rich and the famous but they just they can't because they're not good songwriters they're not really great lyricists and so it comes off as childish and cheesy and it's funny because <laughs> one of the options presented as to how to like knock famous people down a peg is just, just to rob them we, we should rob them i think we should oh, rob them he does say that we should rob them and it's like wow dude <laughs> what like that's your fucking solution. That's your th- all these kids are listening to you. He's like trying to be the Robin Hood of punk. Yeah, it's so, so I, it's oh so man, bad. it is so bad. But like he's trying. So before we actually real quick before we jump into the video, the the lyrics in the second verse of this song are just so of its time. Well, actually, not even of its time. Like before its time, you know. So talking about O.J. Simpson, Johnny Cochran. In the first half of that that second verse, and then the the second half of the that second verse is talking about the mayor of Washington D.C. who got caught smoking crack like in 1989 or some shit like that. Yeah, he got caught smoking crack like with a prostitute or some shit. It's like, why? Like this shit is already like almost 10 years old. Like why <laughs> reference that? You know, it's it seems so silly, but I just wanted to bring that up. It, it's so fucking dated, like beyond dated. Yeah, which is bizarre. It almost makes it seem like it wasn't the lyrics weren't written by them, because why would they bring that up? I mean, they were they're older than us, so they they, they are, but not like but they not that much older. They're ten it just years, seems like right? it just seems like a weird thing to reference. I mean, the OJ thing was six seven years prior to this. It just seems like a weird thing to reference. Well, whatever, who cares? I don't know. I mean, that was the most like egregious of things is like the OJ getting off with murder. The yeah. other guy, Marion Barry. I don't know too much about what he was doing, except for the fact that he did go to prison for it and then yeah. came back and became like a politician, which like in our, our legal system, supposedly you pay your dues, you come out of prison and now you've, you're now like cl- a clean slate, right? So whatever you do from then on is you're essentially starting your life over. So if he went back into politics, then that's cool. That's great. Like he served his time. He fucked up. He made a mistake. He paid for it. And now he's moving on with his life. So I don't yeah. know too much about that, but the OJ thing, like for sure. Do you get away with murder? 100%. It's <laughs> fucking crazy, man. The whole fucking world knows that. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about the video, how cheesy and embarrassing it is. I mean, what's his name? Billy Martin walks in. He looks like the, the kid from uh, Wedding Crashers, the brother. Yeah. Um, slouched over the swooped hair. It's just, it's so, it's just so cheesy, man. Liberty it's, spikes on Benji. It's very cheesy. It's it's dude, those Liberty spikes are ridiculous. <laughs> They're know, just so fucking long. Do you remember the one guy? What's his name? I think his name was Jamie or Shane. He was like a year older than us. He was one of the crust punks that we at went to school? school with at our school. Yeah, and and Jessica and I would hang out with them after school. We would go hang out with, um in front of their house when they smoke cigarettes. Do you remember that guy? I remember and somebody he, it, at, our, at our high school having really, really huge Liberty Spikes. It was probably him. He had really big Liberty Spikes, and then he eventually cut it off to just a mohawk, and then he had a big-ass Liberty Spike mohawk. Like, it was probably cool. it was probably like a foot long. I would say a foot That's long. That's pretty dope. I like that. That's cool. <laughs> he was a cool dude. He was a really cool dude. But, uh, yeah, he was he really stood out from the crowd with his his hair and shit. And his, so, you know, he, he had the 
leather pants, all that kind of shit, spikes. What I what I like about the video is that this is not just like a music video in the sense of let's just play a song in front of a backdrop. This is like interactive, right? Because Kyle Gass is the lawyer yeah. and he's they're actually talking and there's dialogue and, and things like that. I like that. I, I like that aspect of a music video. And the Beast Boys did a bunch of them like that where it wasn't just music in, in front of a backdrop of, of a video. There was like an interactive aspect to it. I like that. Um, I don't know. It's fun. And then they had uh, Chris, Kirk, Chris Kirkpatrick in there as one of With the that ridiculous witnesses. Suit. Yeah. And he talked all like proper and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, God, yeah. And, just, and then the rest of the, that other part of the video where they had like the Anna Nicole Smith lookalike and then they had the dog up on, on the... Up and up there, it was just it was so stupid. Kyle Kyle asked the dog. He's just like he said something about like Didn't, they called you a dog or something, right? They and treated then, you like a dog, right? That's what it was. And yeah. there was a dog, <laughs> the fucking boxer. Yeah. Oh man, it's so good. And then they, he, oh god, and it's just the, another part. Other parts of the video that were so embarrassing were when, like, he, it was Benji and Joel, and they 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 were behind bars. They had their arms like hanging out of the out of the jail cell and then the anarchy signs would pop up over their eyes. It's oh. like, dude, this is just, this is, this isn't even like hot topic, stupid. This is, this is like Abercrombie, Abercrombie and Fitch trying oh, to do God. punk. You know what I mean? That's what this is like. This is just trying so fucking hard. I mean, I know this all sounds very gatekeepy, but it's, it's just so over the top. It, it's just, embarrassing man just embarrassing it, it, it is and these guys can write decent like pop punk stuff and they didn't i mean th- like trying this hard got them the millions that they have now and and, and they're still relevant today honestly but <sighs> god damn dude like one of them's married to cameron diaz like what the fuck how yeah, and well, another one nicole richie and of course another but cameron but, I mean, diaz? she's still very famous but like cameron diaz <sighs> yeah damn. but i mean honestly damn, what has cameron diaz done since Charlie's Angel, who Charlie's gives Angel? a shit what she's done since then? Do you really think she was that pretty? I don't. I never thought she was. Very have pretty. you seen the mask? Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, she was. She was pretty in it, but it, she wasn't like miss that one. <laughs> I didn't think she was that pretty in it. I mean, she was fine. <laughs> this camera fucking D is, dude. You just, just, just come on, come on. Uh, okay, okay. Come on. And another thing I liked about the video was when after they essentially when they win the court case. And then do you hear that one drum hit and then it goes into that like almost like half halftime part and then they're like in slow motion they're walking down the court the the courthouse steps. I don't know so why good. I I thought that was really good too. <laughs> so it's just <laughs> And they're wearing the suits with the stupid glass like fucking reservoir dogs. Yeah. God damn. I don't know. I oh, I, I really don't know what to fucking think. I don't know if they thought this was really really cool. Like yeah, this is what fucking punk is. Let's do it, and then saying this really horrible pop punk music, or if this was like at the behest of somebody else encouraging them to do this. I don't know. I do know that these guys are trying really, really hard. This yeah. reminds me of when I used to like so taking like Nick to his baseball games when he was in like T ball and shit. And there was that like there was that kid on the team who was just who was just trash. Dude could not catch, could not throw, could not hit. But yeah. you see him, he's fucking hustling, dude, all the time. He's hustling his ass, he's busting his ass, but he's always on the bench because he sucks. And when he gets with the bat, <laughs> he swings at every pitch, and he swings like he's gonna fucking hit the biggest bomb you've ever seen. Never connects, never connects. But every once in a while, he does, and that fucking thing goes, you know, it goes yard. But he tries, and that, that's what that's what these guys are. They just try. They're a participa- participation trophy. 
I hate I hate participation trophy because you can get a participation trophy for just not even to show up and you get a participation trophy. That's participation true. Okay, trophy. That's fair. You know that's, what I mean? That's fair. Yeah. These kids are doing more than just showing up. They're trying really, really hard. It's just <laughs> there was there was also a moment this week where I thought, are they trying to like pull a Fred Durst on us? I know, playing the long right? con. Are they trying to do the Dexter Holland on us? Like I really I, that though, really went they, through my mind. Yeah. Because I like watch Ink Masters still to this day. I watch Ink Masters and Benji is on Ink Masters and he's still fucking goofy. So it's not that. It's and they. Uh, I hate. I hate shitting on this band because I do feel bad. Like shitting on Five Sauce. Don't give a fuck. I'll do it all day. Don't care. Shitting on a lot of bands that we shit on. Don't care. I'll do it all day. But I do feel bad about <laughs> shitting on this band. I don't know why. I do. <laughs> Man, watching Benji on Ink Masters, like 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 Dave Navarro was was dude's Dave Navarro. He's a fucking yeah. fantastic musician. So to even compare the two as musicians, like why would you have Benji on that? Whatever. But like the way Benji breaks down the tattoos is because all the other judges on Ink Masters are either past winners or they own a very successful tattoo shop. And so they'll break down a, a tattoo saying, oh, the, the shading on this edge is a little bit darker than this one. So in a certain light, the, what you have looks totally different than the concept. And then Benji will just be like, yeah, I like it though because it's cute. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, man, dude. Come but, on. He's just on there because they feel bad for him. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> I feel bad too because his, his, his like critiques are just like so childish. But I... <laughs> I still like him. Oh shit! Are we are we the the good Charlotte of music podcasts though? Absolutely, we try so fucking hard. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll be Benji uh, though. <laughs> why? Why am I Joel? Because Benji's got like extracurriculars. He's on Ink Masters. Oh my god! Why? Stupid, stupid, stupid shit. Dude, and, right. and 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 okay, so just just mm-hmm. I. This is so stupid. But Benji has a back tattoo of Benjamin Franklin, like a full fucking back piece. <laughs> what is wrong with these people? I what don't is wrong know. with these Why? <laughs> when you think they can, things can't get any like more bizarre, embarrassing, I this is another example of like why? Like you're not you're not hard. You're not hard, man. You're not hard. And I will say that, like that, like when I say Benji and Joel, honestly, I don't even know what the fuck which one it is. They could be <laughs> interchangeable because <laughs> they're fucking twins. Yeah, they're twins. Oh damn, that's funny. Yeah. That's good stuff. All right, so, so let's move on. Let's move on from lifestyles. Um, I think we wanted to talk about the anthem. I feel that's like we're only going to talk about the four the four singles. That's kind of what it seems like. I got I got two other ones I really want to okay. hit on. Oh that. no, that's good. That's good I because do. I, I do. yeah okay no that that's good because I I really wanted to talk about the four singles and then kind of leave it up to you on what you want to do after that because yeah everything is just uh, anyway. Let's do let's do the anthem next. Okay, so the um, anthem is coming off yeah. of a new beginning. That instrumental thing and I read that they wanted something that sounded like Tim Burton. Like Nightmare Before Christmassy, yeah. Um, it definitely gives off those vibes, and I think it's a I really cool, it. actually, intro. I think it's fucking dope. I think it's cool. The it's punk part is really good. It's 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 a cool way to blend like Nightmare Before Christmas sounds with pop punk. I think it does it really well. Yeah, 
Um, but it goes into the anthem, and the anthem comes in with that broken, like, dun, 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 right? And it slows <laughs> yeah. down. It's weird. It's a weird transition. I don't get it. Don't don't, don't see why you did it. <laughs> Nothing about this record makes any fucking sense. I know. I don't. It's think a that mess makes, of a fucking it's, record. It's weird. Like you went from a cool like punk thing to where where people are thinking, oh wow, this could be like a concept album. I get it. In the anthem hits, but the anthem, get, I I, uh, I think it's just yeah. fantastic. It's a fucking extremely catchy song. This is truly anthemic. This is a pop punk anthem, and not just because he says it. But it's a good fucking song. I love the guitar chords in the chorus, and I love the strumming. There's a lot of cool things going on in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody, okay, nobody likes the lead guitar, dude. Some <laughs> cool things going like on too. Like not what? a ton, not like a ton. You can really where though, do, like in the chorus. You can't, you can't add a lot to this song anyway. You, what are you gonna do? True. Here? Yeah. No, I know. I so the, I know because everything leads. is just so basic. There's small leads that like Benji does that are just solid. He's playing to the song. He's playing to his abilities. He's adding things into the song to make sure that we know he's still there. I like it. And the solo. The solo is perfect. Oh. Just go along with the melody. Don't alienate anybody with fancy yeah. solo or anything like that. Just play basic shit. Make sure everybody feels included. And make it fun. That's what he did. I mean, I will say that the main riff is pretty good. That dun dun the Dun, 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 dun. It's very like kind of Green Day-ish, which is pretty good. We're pretty cool. Uh, I like the heaviness of the verses a little bit. The palm mutes, the heavy hitting bass. Um, but uh, the chorus is catchy too. This is the song that was also co-written by Feldy, by John Feldman. And you can hear it in the in the choruses definitely. It kind of has that, that the woe sound that, that Feldman's known for. And um, But it's fine. It's fine. It's fine in the context of this record. Feldy is fine in the context of this record, of this song, I should say. This song, yes. Yeah, the song. Um, but otherwise, so this, yeah. This is your, this is the your chorus 2B, is really maybe the only, 3B? This is my 3B. This will be my 3B. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> Why? Go to college or university, get a good job. The, the verses are so, are very good. That's, you know, if Good Charlotte has, has a, um, like a, a style or or a signature style, it would be their verses and how they're not like I wouldn't say that they're hip hop, but they're very, they're just they're obnoxious, and they're unconventional. They, like what kind of what kind of melody is that in the verse? Because it's not really singing. It's I don't know what it is. I, I don't know. It's something that like <clears throat> like you could play faster and it would still sound like really cool like if it was like gonna call like you know what i mean like you could throw like cool like palm mute chuggas in there and just sing it a little bit faster and it'd be a fucking rad like chorus but it's a solid verse it's a solid verse and these guys do it's only solid because it's like it's so annoying and and you just don't expect it i really do i really do feel bad shitting on this album i really do it's only because you feel bad for the brothers. That's I feel the only bad for the brothers because I know they're trying. I know they're trying. That, that's what I'm saying. That's and it's what like, I'm saying. Like, uh, you feel bad for like the kid who was never really popular. They got picked on a lot. Like that's what these guys are. That's what they seem like. They seem like that's what they the were. Kids. That's what fucking little things was talking. About. This goes yeah, out to all the fucking kids that were picked on. But yeah, because you sing music like this, bro. That's why you're fucking picked on. <laughs> And because you're not self-aware whatsoever. That's another yeah. thing, too. They're not self-aware. 
And that's, I mean, you, I guess, yeah, you got to give him respect for just not caring. But at what cost? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like just, we've seen, we've sucks, seen dude. bands be like historic while also not being very good at their instruments, right? Like Blink-182, yeah, Tom and exactly. Dra- or Tom and, and Mark were not very good, still kind of aren't very good at their instruments. <laughs> no, we're singing for that matter. decades, and they're terrible at singing. But yeah. we're talking historic bands here, right? So like why, you don't have to be great at your instruments, you don't have to write great songs, you just... You it's it's also something. how you present yourself. It's not you just the music. But you know, comparing them to Blink, it's like, Blink had had variety. Like they, I don't want to say variety. That's not the right word. They had, they had more nuance. They had more. Their songs had some form of complexity. There was, there's nothing like that with Good Charlotte. There's nothing complex about their music, and that could be fine too. I mean, that's that's most pop music, but it's even less than that because Joel, yeah, Joel the singer, his he's a monot. He's he's not a good singer by any means. He's flat. He's monotone. He sings every chorus the exact same way. Um, yeah. There's there's nothing. There, I mean, there's nothing. All these songs are almost interchangeable. They really, really are. I think the only reason why we're we're picking out the singles is because they were singles and they were so popular. That's really the only reason why. But had they not been popular, they could have interchangeable. Absolutely interchangeable. Yeah. There's nothing here. There's no dynamic. There's no. There's nothing. Ah, it makes me so. I know. It's so there's frustrating, really, dude. There really isn't. There's nothing. Even yeah. dude, honestly, like even Josh Freeze's drumming overall is not because like what are you gonna do really with this kind of shit? Yeah. There's only so much you can do. So even like his drumming is just kind of like oh, okay. That's fine. I will say on on lifestyles on his drumming on that he has some really solid solid fills on that song. They're quick. They're very very quick and subtle, but they're there and they're. It's cool. It's some really good shit on there. Oh God, this is this is, this is fun. My my favorite <laughs> my favorite part of the album though is on yeah. when they come with with another loser anthem. Yeah, and that part like drops that into the fast part. That's my fucking favorite part of the album. That's that's Chef's Kiss right there. That's one of the highlights of this. That oh, is probably the, one God, of the that's such that a is cool probably part. the best part of the record. In a good way. There's another better part on this record on another song. But it's only good because it's so awful. It's so embarrassing awful, oh, which we'll God. get into. We'll get into. But, <laughs> dude, it's so bad. <laughs> I hate it so much, but I love it at the same time. Anyway. And, and, and like, <laughs> lyrically, right, it's about just, yeah. just being unique and not doing shit because society, society tells you to, yeah. which is just a common trope in all of, of music, essentially. Nothing but unique about it. The way they do it here is so fucking elementary. It's so it's so second grade when this should it's, have been like collegiate. It's like they ran this through an AI bot. Yeah. That's seriously what this is. This is like this is like okay, let's take let's in this AI bot, let's type in Blink-182, Green Day, um Newfound Glory and The Clash. That's what we'll throw into this into our AI bot and this is the song we get. Oh. That's what this is. Oh. It's because it, dude, this song is ridiculous. But I, I agree with you on on the lyrics on here. I, I have nothing more to add to that part of it. But I do want to talk about the video. Definitely, want to yeah. Talk about the video. Let's, let's get into the uh, some forty one <laughs> ripoff video here. Sure. So this video starts out with them riding down like some suburban street in L A. in L A. County, or probably Los Angeles, the city, 
And first of all, these guys are from Maryland, complete opposite side of the country. Nothing that even resembles Los Angeles, I'm sure. They're riding like, you know, the the, kind of low rider, like bicycle, not even like motorcycles, like bicycles and shit, you know? Oh, it's so embarrassing. And, you know, Joel is wearing that that jersey over a black t-shirt, which is just so tacky and gross, but very (laughs) of its time too. Um, And the bass player, I forgot his name right now, but he has like half of his hair is blonde, the other is black. So it's all ugly. spiked, all so spiked around, ugly. and and we were Tammy and I were watching the video, this video, and the video for boys and girls, and she brought up something that was actually pretty funny. She said, "Doesn't he look like Kelly Osbourne of that at that time?" And we looked up Kelly Osbourne, and sure as shit, that's exactly really? what she looked like. <laughs> yeah. Let's see look up Kelly Osbourne like two thousand one to two thousand three, because she had the spiked hair, the the different colors and everything. And it's oh it, yeah, look at that. Yes, first he Google looked like image. Kelly Osbourne. He totally but, does. Did, uh, but I what I the video it mm. because they're from a completely different part of the United States, completely different culture. They're making a video like they grew up in in L.A. You know, and you know because everybody around them, you know, are like you know the cholo guys, you know, <laughs> the Mexican guys with the low rider cars and all that kind of shit, and the 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 wife beaters tucked into the to the khakis and shit like that. It's like these guys are the whitest, you know, most vanilla, plain old people in the world. And they're making this like hard looking video. They're playing in an empty pool. God, they're just so. But they are. They are from Maryland, man. And like Maryland is. But uh, I don't think they're from like the sketchy parts of Maryland. Like Baltimore. Yeah. Sketchy. Maryland's fucking tiny as as it is. I don't know. But a lot of Maryland Maryland is like. I think. I'm looking up. I didn't look up Waldorf because I, I, that, that sounds so fancy. Wald is that where they're from? Waldorf? Yeah, Waldorf, Maryland. That sounds like the name of a of a rich person that founded it, the town. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a hotel in the or a ba- high end Bartholomew Waldorf. There's a high end hotel in uh, New York City called Waldorf Astoria, which I think is the hotel that um, Kevin um, from Kevin McAllister from Home Alone stayed in, right? Didn't he stay in the Waldorf Astoria in the, in New York? Yeah, in the second Home Alone, I don't remember. Mm, okay, but I think like I think like in Maryland, if you're if you're, I don't I don't know about the demographics of Maryland, but I would I would venture to say that they're probably from a city where, like the white percent or the population is the minority in the city. It's you're probably right. predominantly African American, right? You're right. I am. I'm literally looking at this right now on on the Wikipedia, and as of twenty, I mean, this is tw- the twenty twenty census. What's the, right, what's let's, let's, let's go back to the let's go back to the 2010 census. Uh, there were 53% were African American, 35% were white. So yeah, they were in the minority. 5% Hispanic. Okay, so that's 2010, so throw it back 10, 20 so years. Possibly so even then it's more, still yeah. almost even though. Yeah, generally. Which yeah. I mean like realistically, most bigger cities or whatever are are like the white is usually like the general population. So when you're from a city where where the white is not the general population, then you do grow up differently. That's true. Is, okay. I stand corrected. Like especially like in the eighties and nineties, man. That shit was just like fucking that is not like today. Because we grew up in the fucking nineties and early two thousands and it was not like today. Yeah. Yeah. I only know one other person that was from Maryland. That's friend of the pod Mark. He's from Maryland. And oh, that's right he is, huh? I mean he the same thing. He said he grew up in a predominantly like African American neighborhood. It was like all the everybody except for his family was black. So I don't know. So, like, to think that that these guys, I don't know anything about like East Coast Maryland, 
hip hop or anything like that. But I, but I, I think I, it's, I don't want to say it's disingenuous that they're that they're doing this or they did this. Dis, I, f- I still feel like it's disingenuous. Like this is all very like Southern California looking, L.A. looking. I think things, that's because we're you know? spoiled. I think that's because we're spoiled in Southern California with just a rich culture. I don't know. Well, I, no, we maybe. are. We are. I mean, there's so many. I mean, Southern California, Orange County, or not, or L.A. County, Orange County, it's it's so diverse. It, I mean, it, it's insane. I don't feel like there's anywhere like it in the United States. For sure, no. But I don't know. I just I feel like it does seem kind of disingenuous. And then playing these kind of songs, like, come on, dude. You go, you go and hang out with these kind of... You, you go and hang out at these kind of parties and shit. They're not going to be playing Good Charlotte. They're going to be playing Especially Good hip-hop. Charlotte. <laughs> well, then also, like, don't forget the In Too Deep. Like, Sum 41, the, the song In Too Deep, that was in a pool, and that yeah. came out the year before. So not only is it, like, mm-hmm. disingenuous at the fact that they're trying to, like, uh, be from Southern California, but, dude, Sum 41 already did this in the pool shit. Come on. No, you're right. I mean, I, 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 even then, I don't think, um, you know, some 41 were the first ones to do it. No, but but in the in the in the, in the realm of pop punk, and NTD is a pop punk song. Yeah, I would, oh, hundred percent on is. On, yeah. on that All Killer album. That that is probably the most pop punk song on that album, and they did the uh, same video a Lip. year earlier. Fat Lip too. Fat Fat Lip's a little bit more aggressive. Into Deep is is that is pop first and then punk second. Yeah, that's true. Fat Lip is a little more punk, a little more metal. With a little bit of pop thrown in there, yeah, except okay. for that okay. middle part. The guitar solo—that's such a rant, like weird, unnecessary guitar solo. But I love it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it shreds so so good. And then uh, Rick Thorne. Rick Thorne's in this video for uh, the anthem. BMXer. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Rick Thorne. You know in more there. about that than I do. Newfound Glory um, was at the shoot, but they aren't featured in the video. That's weird. trivia. That's weird. Little trivia, <laughs> but yeah, there you go. Oh man, what a what a bunch of knuckleheads these guys are. Yeah, damn, dude. All right, do we have anything else on the anthem? Nah. Uh, going through through the singles, unless you want to, you want to jump in with like a random song with kind of a deeper cut. Um, and we'll jump back into the singles. Because you said you so had two non singles that you want to. Talk yeah, about. so the the two I want to talk about are the ones that talk about his dad, really. Oh, okay. Then let's jump into one of those. That's um, good with you. We can. Ah, man, there's kind of three of them, actually. Yeah, there's three. So, like, uh, oh, oh, oh. Let's go through them all. Who cares? Let's just get girls and boys out of the way, because that song's dumb. (laughs) That's my 2B. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're the worst. Okay, okay, it's my 2B because it is so unbelievably bad. It's so bad. It's so fucking awful. It's so awful, but I'd love to put it on because it's so obnoxious. I I don't know what it is. I, I, I love it for how bad it is. And there are very few songs that that make me feel that way. Yeah, there's. It's truly yeah, a bad the song. The song is, is is very very awful. <laughs> I I mean I I enjoy it because of nostalgia and and yeah how of its time it was. But there's just a lot of like a lot of production stuff that's going here that I just don't fucking like. This is the one that has like a lot of chime sounds or some it synth does, yeah high thing. I I just I can't stand that stuff. And then like there's a lot of drum chickas though that are really cool. No, there are. There are. It's fine. It's this fun. is the song that I was referencing earlier. That is my favorite part of the record, but it's the worst part of the record at the same time. All those chickens. <laughs> no, it's 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 the second verse, the first part of the second verse, where he it starts out paper or plastic oh, doesn't God. matter. 
she'll have it, and then everything stops. Everything fucking stops. It gets and then like it, awkwardly quiet too. I know, right? It, it's a little bit too long. So, I don't, it, I don't like it. It's too long. There are so many hand claps during the verses too. It's completely fucking unnecessary. A lot of completely claps. A lot of lot of let's goes. There's a, oh, a lot of God. stupid things in the song. One thing I do like about this song too is is during the chorus, just like the heavy downstrokes on those power chords. I da 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 da. It's. I don't know. It's just so simple and so dumb, but I, I love that too. Love the simplicity of it. I, I feel like he's <laughs> singing he's singing the melody to another song at the end of it when he's losing their souls in a material world. I feel like he's singing another another song, like like he's doing some type of like homage. Is he? I I just I feel like he is, man. I really do. I couldn't. I I was looking online. I couldn't find anybody else that agreed with me. Or disagreed or anything, but I swear he is. Maybe it's a reference to um, Madonna. Because I mean, I think it's I think it's a reference to Madonna, but I don't. That's not the that's not the melody. Yeah, it's not the melody to Material Girl, but I don't know. Maybe it's a maybe it's a it's a kind of similar. I I don't know. I haven't listened to Material Girl Material Girl in a long time. It's probably is that the name of the Madonna song, right? Yeah, I think it's the name of the album. Is it okay? I don't know. We're not Madonna men. Um, no, dude, this, this song is, is just, uh, like you said, he using the word, but damn, it's fucking overproduced. And look at the first verse. The first verse is only two lines. Educated with money. <laughs> he's well-dressed, not funny. <laughs> with money. He's well-dressed, not funny. So oh stupid. God, the stop and go, man. That's, that's what he does. That's, he does that stop and go so much. But in this song, it's, it's so much more exaggerated than on the anthem, Oh God! Because he does it on the anthem too. It's so fucking annoying. God damn. I feel but like it, I feel uh, like that pre-chorus. It, it picks up kind of nice though, and not much to say in most conference. It's just it's very like almost not staccato, but it's it's very choppy, and it, but it builds kind of nice into that chorus. I almost feel like the outro of this too is very. Right, like the, the all these boys, yeah, all these girls, yeah. It's very blink. That's very uh, fucking obvious. Towards the end of obvious, when Tom's going uh, like this, oh, you can and you can. It's a little better in blink, but I, 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 I'm better. <laughs> I, that's very, <laughs> that's very blink here. Okay, I'm yeah, they couldn't have ripped it off because the song wasn't out yet. No, I'm thinking blink ripped off them. Well, that's that didn't happen. Well, well, hold on there, dude. Well, Tom has never ripped well, off anybody in his life, I just, there, dude. I just hold did the hand there, thing. Brother. I just did the hand well, thing. Well, well. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the song. I don't. I don't give a fuck about the song. Yeah, but I do want to talk about the video for several reasons. Oh, uh, the video is so bad. It's 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 fucking. Well, actually, lyrically, let's jump into the lyrics. What, what do you have lyrically on this? It's one? just it's goofy, immature song about girls. I I like what they're trying to do here again, like a deeper dive into society standards of boys and girls of the time. Okay. It just hasn't aged well. It's a noble attempt at a bunch of man. If this album was written by like fifteen year olds. It probably would have been pretty damn good. You know what I mean? Yeah, it would have been more honest. But these dudes were twenty three years old. Yeah, I know. It's hard to get behind. These are grown ass fucking adults. <laughs> Oy. yeah i don't know oh, lyrics fuck. are dumb yeah it, to me it just talks about how superficial people can be in relationships it, there's nothing fucking deep about this record by any means even the sadder songs um Whoa, couple songs oh, 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 there, dude. Whoa. oh oh so i want to talk about the video real quick 
So funny video, dumb, it's, funny though. It's really dumb, kind of funny. But I want to talk more about the performance part of it. Ooh, um, I've, not, I have a big, I have the, a big note here. I got a big note here. I hope it's the same thing I, I was thinking of. Here, here's, here's what I hope you have. It's when uh, Joel is singing yes. and he leans forward and yes. sticks his fucking <laughs> yes. non mic hand up in the air backwards. <laughs> yes, he I does forgot it people every did fucking that. time. Every he does single it every, time, without, without fail, he does it. Oh my god! And Tammy noticed it too. She's like, "Why does he keep doing that?" And then she mentions, which we forgot to bring up in the, or I forgot to bring up in the anthem video. But he never really dances. He just does weird moves, like he just like he does that that shimmy thing with his shoulders. He does like weird little hand movements. He does that hand behind his back. <laughs> He's a robot. Like, what is he fucking doing? And then and it, it was funny because like we we were we watched these videos, and then she said, "What kind of other what other frontmen?" Like do that kind of stuff, and I said, "Well, Fred Durst kind of Fred does that Durst, kind of stuff. yeah." So then I, so then I threw on my generation right after, and she's like, "I get it, but he's way smoother. Like he's actually dancing to the music. He's not just making hand movements and just really awkward things. Like Fred Durst, kind of, he has like a flow. Like he has a style when he dances." And, yeah, I, and Fred Durst is a b boy, dude. Fred Durst fucking dance. He, he was really cool. Like we watched the Roland video, the My Generation video. We watched um, the Dad Vibes video. He has some cool dance moves in the Dad Vibes video too. Oh, so good. It's fucking great. And then, but then comparing him to to Joel, and it's just like, oh my god, dude, this is like. I, I he kind like, of uh, he he kind of has his own little Fred Durst part in there too. Is when he's dancing with the old people in the back, right? And they're on the red yeah. tracksuits, and he's in the yeah. white one. And his his fucking right leg, his paint is rolled up a little bit. Oh, I hate and, it so much. Yes. Like that's what like BMXers do, so their leg doesn't get caught in the chain, right? Their pants, <laughs> their baggy fucking jeans will get caught in the chain. But he's, he's doing the it. Adidas tracksuit. And it's so it's so annoying. And yeah. and I, I don't I, I didn't and thought that part was kind of it was funny, right? He's his backup dancers are old fucking people. That's cute. Yeah. That's funny, I guess. But the dance Whatever. was like so weird. It was it was really it was so unnatural. But you know he probably thought he was really cool. And another thing that annoyed me about the pant leg thing being lifted up on only on one side, I guarantee you, I guarantee that at that time that leg was the only one tattooed. And that's why that leg was lifted up. Why to that family was lifted up to show off his tattoos. I can almost guarantee you that. And oh. that makes it even more annoying. <laughs> and I mean, th- it makes sense too, because this, this was a year, two years after the Chocolate Starfish, right? So, like, Fred Durst, man, Fred Durst was a cool dancer back then. Not like a great dancer, not like a Chris Brown dancer, but yeah. the dude could, like, the dude could get down. He had cool moves, he had swagger. He was just a solid, solid dancer. And so, I think this is somewhat kind of emulating that style. Yeah, I would say but so. But just just doing a bad job at it. Um, also, Benji wearing fucking the NoFX shirt, and then later on the Slipknot shirt. You see yeah. that? <laughs> that was a dumb Slipknot shirt too. I remember that shirt when that was at Hot Topic. Well, it was, like he, it was I, both I can of them dumb. I can I can guarantee you that Slipknot shirt he bought from Hot Topic. <laughs> I can almost guarantee. I remember seeing that that blue Slipknot shirt or the blue writing Slipknot all the time there. So goofy. And then he wears the NoFX one. The the fucking the compilation record one Ugh. fucking Ugh. Oh, dude. and then I, I, I noticed this on the last time i watched it when benji is uh putting oil on the old lady like he's been there's a lot of shots of him like lathering up this this woman like that's it's all weird. he does in the whole video is lather the one up the, one, the one in the pink uh the pink suit right the, yeah. the one laying down face down yep it, it was like it got to the point where like this is kind of weird this is kind of awkward like maybe like one scene that's funny, but it was the entire video. 
there was entire, a lot like, of shots of it. Yeah, it was it was really bizarre. <laughs> but I'm so glad you noticed the arm thing too, because that was that was great. And then on top of that, Joel was wearing those skeleton um, gloves. Oh, so <laughs> stupid! So stupid. <laughs> For like what reason? It doesn't There's fit no anything. There's, it just fits no aesthetic for the band. It almost felt. It almost. This video almost felt like they were. They didn't want to style them, or like the label wanted wanted to hire a professional stylist to come in to dress them and makeup them. And the stylist said, "Okay, well, we saw what you did on lifestyles on that in that video. So let's like take it up a notch." And they got all of their clothes and all of their makeup from Hot Topic. <laughs> and probably Spencer's gifts. That's probably what they did. The stylist probably went to Hot Topic and just did it, got everything there. Because everything Joel and Benji were, and every all the guys in the band, everything they were wearing was shit that was straight out of Hot Topic at the time. And this was like the last year that Hot Topic was, 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 uh, this is going to sound really gatekeepy, but kind of cool. After this, Hot Topic just became like a, a, a children's. Well, because it, it it picked up the AFI sing the sorrow stuff, then it picked up the My Chemical Romance stuff, and then the it got scene like changed. So it changed with yeah, it. it got really into the theater kid thing, and they yeah. started selling a lot more toys and just like cartoon stuff. Like this is also when like the cartoon boom happened, and they were starting to make a lot of cartoon merch with toys and T-shirts and all kinds of shit. And this was also when, especially I mean, I probably maybe even Blink kind of like fucked hot topic to a little bit but this oh, yeah, is also totally. kind of when uh night before christmas became popular again yeah it did yep and the hot topic turned turned into this this like child's plaything place where you could buy jack and sally matching t-shirts and stuff and and i guess like hot topic in the early days sold really rad vinyl but uh we weren't involved in that time no. sucks but uh because we both I spent feel- a lot of time in hot topic i mean i feel like also this was that that era of hot topic has bled into what we see like people our age and younger what we spend our money on like is just toys like i read something recently where like it says like over 60 percent of toys bought are bought for adults not for children and i thought that would that that that's i think it was 60 percent that i thought that was insane that's fucking well, they insane. They don't even make toys for kids anymore. And the toys they make for kids are fucking trash. They're not even good. Like I've been <laughs> I've been to to the toy aisle in Target and Walmart and they don't have like a like a fuck ton of action figures where they're four dollars, five dollars a pop and you can buy a bunch of them and and buy like vehicles and shit like that and have fun with them. No, it's like one Spider Man toy that's like twenty dollars, but he's got posable thumbs. Like who gives a fuck? Who cares? Well, but, like cheap. I mean, in that in that case, you know, inflation. I mean, things in the nineties were obviously a lot cheaper. Than so they are fucking now. thing about inflation, dude. Twenty dollars is still a lot of money. It is. No, I agree. For I a agree. fucking toy that's gonna get broken in like a month anyway. <laughs> gonna get blown up by a um, dry ice bomb. Oh, hold on there. Whoa. Dude. I don't know about that. Um, Urban terrorism, there, brother. <laughs> yeah, let's fuck off with else? the. Let's fuck off with girls and boys. Okay. So then what do you want to move on to? The sad stuffs? Well, kind of want to go... The dad stuff or what? Kind of want to go back to my old man, right? The story of my old man. Mm-hmm. This is my 4B. Girls and boys like my 6B, if I even call those later Bs, Bs. Okay. Really, the I only did. other B I have outside of those three singles is the last song. Whoa. Moving on? 
Yeah. But it's the story of my old man, what do you got on this one? So, like, musically, whatever. This is very blink-sounding. This is a pretty punk song for them. Good pop-punk, whatever. Don't really care about it. Um, it's the lyrics, though. The lyrics that, are, that, I, that I like, that I yeah. dig. Obviously, they're very hurt by their dad abandoning them. And I was surprised there's, at how many songs were about this. There's good songwriting here, though. This is not just boys and girls because this is like why would like who thought putting this song before boys and girls was even a good idea that also <laughs> bothers me too like damn we just got fucking our, our heart like ripped out of our chest because these guys are actually like spilling their feelings and then we get girls and boys Ugh, ugh. but whatever this song is is actually really well written it's about mm-hmm. his father their father who apparently walked out on the family but there's it's a little more clever than that he talks about how like the alcoholism is a disease and he's afraid that he could also have the same problem. Yeah. Fucking cool. Uh, not cool in like the sense that, that it's cool to have a disease, but it's cool that he's addressing this thing, which has not been addressed in pop punk ever <laughs> until this especially point. Not, especially not by a band like this. Good God, man. That's so cool, man. And the chorus is fucking gold, dude. This, the, like, the cycle of alcohol and abuse personified as days of the week. Mm. That is genius. That is truly genius. We are going through the days of the week from beginning to end, and we're seeing this cycle through the eyes of somebody who it has affected. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. That is absolutely bonkers. The The quality of songwriting from like the story of my old man, two girls and boys, I swear to God, this is a different band. If you just took these lyrics, this is a different band. I mean, really, if if they had if they had doubled down and made an entire record with this kind of con, I guess content or these kind of lyrics and and feelings, I feel like it could have been like a like a perfect emo record. Had they had they kind of stepped away from the pop Even punk a, style too, like being dude, more a of like a, a or side B, right? Side A is yeah, all oh, pop. Yeah, that punk. would have been good. A side been really B cool. is all my life is fucked. Here's where I came. Oh, yeah. God damn, that would have been cool. That that would be a really cool concept record, for sure. Because and I agree, I think the chorus is really solid. I mean, talking about how you know he gets drunk every night, and then by the end of the week, he just goes out gambling, blows everything gambling, and then comes back and, like you said, repeats the cycle. And just how how that that affected them and their life, and I mean, it's it's a it's rough, man. It's real rough. It's 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 like that. And how they that, never reconciled. I don't think they ever reconciled with their father. They did. They I, oh, they I did. looked okay. it up. They did. So it wasn't it wasn't quite like the the family reconciliation you would you would think. So Benji and Benji or or Joel, whoever's married to They're Nicole. All the same. Yeah, one of the two that's married to Nicole Richie. Their first daughter's name was Harlow, and Harlow is the one, not like she did it, but they wanted Nicole Richie wanted Harlow to have a relationship with the Madden's father. And mm-hmm. so in some interview that, that Nicole Richie did with Lionel, Lionel kind of encouraged from what I read, from what I was looking at transcripts of interviews, Lionel yeah. was the one that encouraged Nicole to talk to Benji. If that's the right one about rekindling his relationship with his father <laughs> for Harlow's sake, which is, yeah. which is, dude, there's so many big names being thrown into this one sentence, yeah. right? Lionel Richie so, is so telling real, Nicole so, Richie. So real quick, Nicole Richie's it's Joel. It's Joel and Nicole Richie. Benji is okay. with Cameron Diaz. And Joel is with Nicole Richie. Okay, so then Joel is the one that's on Ink Masters, not Benji. 
Okay, got it. There you go. Joel is the one that has the stupid tattoo of Benjamin Franklin on his back then. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I did not look into why, but I love it. If you look at the if you if you look at it too, I gotta, yeah, I gotta look at it. Not even it's not even good. It's not even good. It's just his fucking ugly ass face. Uh, it's not even good. So yeah, so, so they they did. Oh, rekindle. I see. It. It's really bad. It's so stupid. It's so bad. Oh, but they man. rekindled for the for the sole purpose of just getting Harlow to to his daughter to to know her grandfather on the other side of the family. Um, but I still think even. I have a little lisp there. Huh? I still think, Ooh. even even later on, the dad had alcohol problems. Okay. So, um, so I don't know. I, I I think I really do think this song is really really well written. This is like up there with some of the better ones we do where we do an episode. We're like, oh wow, I can't believe this guy fucking wrote this. This is really good. I do think this is one of those ones where he wrote a really really good song. And the song isn't all bad either. And that's like the coolest yeah. thing about. About uh, I keep saying cool as if like it's a fun oh it's a fun thing. <laughs> Let's just say your dad's an alcoholic. Let's say interesting. It was the, yeah, it was it was it, that's the most interesting thing about him having a whole a horribly alcoholic father. Is it's not all bad. The second verse recounts good times that he had with his dad, and how his yeah. dad like gave him love and showed encouragement, and then even like emphasizes by saying like he wishes dad wasn't so hard on himself. Like he's still fucking making excuses for his dad and the behavior. Like that's some. That's some deep shit right there. And then the song yeah. ends with the someday you'll be sorry type of feeling, right? Like someday you'll mm-hmm. be sorry, which is like a natural thing. And that's, that's a very like, like, yeah, you ran out of me. Like someday you'll be sorry. I'll be big and famous and you'll wish you were my fucking dad again, which is even more tragic because I think it was like 2015 or 16. His dad was arrested for another DUI, like still uh, going through the motions. Like fucking brutal, dude. Yeah, that's interesting. That's not cool. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, but the, damn, dude, this is a well-written song. I, Fuck. hey, man, I think lyrically, this is. Yeah, I agree with you on that. The song itself, though, I, I, I think it's pretty standard for Good Charlotte. It's not great by any means. It's fine. It's good feeling I, I, pop punk. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, the pre-chorus I like a lot too is, you know, this is a story of my old man, just like his father before him. I'm telling you, do anything you can so you don't end up just like them, like them. I feel like because he sees he sees it in, in both of those generations that he, and then he sees him and his brother as the ones to break that that addiction, to break that, um, I don't want to say lineage or, or heritage, but to just break, to break that, that cycle like him and his, him and Benji will be the ones to break that cycle of of alcoholism and ab- abandonment and and everything like that because they've seen it so many times throughout the generations. So I, I like that too. But that's a good song. Uh, this is my this one, is my four yeah. B. This is I playlisted this one. This is my four B. What? It's not I that did. good of a song, dude. It's a good song, dude. This is the a good lyrics song. are good. The lyrics are good, but well, the song is not. It's a good song. Oh. Wow, you're you're wild. I mean, I'm wild. Th- this, I mean, we'll say th- this song ha- is a little bit faster than most of the songs on here, but everything else is just pretty straightforward. The big power chords, um, and this is like this is at the point when I realized, man, Joel has no energy when he sings. Like this is where I, when I realized he's very monotone. He's flat. There's no. There's nothing. Di- like dynamic, diverse, or anything about his vocals. His vocal delivery, also like 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 Benji's guitar tone, 
That is exactly like the guitar tone from uh, Every Time I Look For You in Toy Page. Is it? Yeah, that same fucking tone. Exactly okay. the same tone. I mean, Toy Page does also, it has a lot of that like basic sounding guitar tone of the time. It's not it, It's not a perfect guitar tone that Tom has on that. It's very no. much of the pop punk of its time. It's a perfect distorted pop punk guitar tone. Okay, yeah. yeah but that's yeah, not yeah. saying much. It's just a generic it's, thing. Yeah, um, it is. But it's good. That every band emulated at the time. Okay, do we have anything else on, on the story of my old man? No, that's it. All right, so then what, what song do you want to talk about next? I Hold On is really the only other one I want to talk about, but... Obviously, we want to talk talk more about the dad stuff. Well, that's that dad. My mom's dad. Mom's dad. Well, hold on is, is is next in line. So, let's do hold okay. on. Um, this one, it, the the overall tone of this song is very melancholy. Um, it has a very uh, stay together for the kids from Blink One Eighty Two style. With, oh yeah, with the clean guitar, like you know the single note clean guitar in the verses. Then the chorus comes in big and heavy with those power chords. Uh, and surprisingly very heavy for a good Charlotte, even though it's not super hard, but it's hard for them. And then so you get that that whole feeling, that whole thing with them uh, musically, and then you watch the video, and dude, the video is almost identical to the Stay Together for the Kids video. Yeah. They're, they're playing in an abandoned house, the dark filters, just, dude, it, it's, it's like the same fucking video. It's insane. It, it's the biggest difference. Obviously, is just like the the the, the people talking. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The suicide um, stuff, but all the suicide stuff. And 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 uh, it's it's a it's a it's a weird topic because the video is kind of like almost cheesy in that sense, where it's it using is. these things almost like cringy. It's like, hey, how can we make this better? Let's just like talk to people that have gone through it or are survivors of it that will make the video better, which it will. It will make it more meaningful. It will make it more real. But um, I think it's. I think that's that's uh, low-hanging fruit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so too. I don't like that. But it, but it, go, it also goes in theme with Good Charlotte because they're, they're clearly appealing to teenagers, to young teenagers between the ages of like 12 and 16. Like that's, that's their demographic, 100%. And a lot of kids have commit suicide or have suicidal ideations, and that's very common. And 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 I get why kids related. I mean, I honestly get why kids relate to this band and this record, especially when we were when we were growing up, because it's very superficial. It's very, I don't want to say immature, but very. Yeah, I guess immature is the right the right way to to say it. Because yeah, I mean, I, you know, a, a grown adult. You know, somebody who's 25, 30 years old listening to with like suicidal ideations is not is not gonna come to this song and this is gonna change their life. Like at that point you're you've kinda you've you've grown up, you you have different you have different viewpoints on the world than when you did when you were thirteen. Yeah, and your your beliefs at that point are kind yeah. of already set. Exactly. But this song oh my god, dude, this song really appeal a really it's targeted toward the younger audience, and and uh, so like, I, I want to think that it's cheesy, but the guy that directed this, Samuel Bayer, he did the Blink video, right? Yeah, yep. he also did Stay Together for Kids, but his he first, also did 
Nirvana. Yeah, his first like real spirit. video was Smells Like Fucking Teen Spirit. Yeah. So, like, I want to say that it's, like, kind of cheesy or goofy, but, like, this guy's been doing it for a while. This guy's been doing this kind of shit for a minute, so. I don't know. Would you say Maybe. it's, like, a CIA, CIA PSYOP that he it's is? possible. That he it's, is? It's possible. Yeah. He throw, he makes these kind of videos to appeal to younger kids, to influence kids, to influence the younger generation. Because that's what Nirvana did. That's what Blink did. I'm not, I'm not even going to go into the, I the conspiracy. I know. There is a, I completely read, threw that out there just for fun. But I've, I've read I've read conspiracies that, that I didn't really know. But, but uh, yeah, I, I think the, the song's fine. This is, <laughs> I like if I were to put it as a B... No, because I just, it's, I think the song's cheesy. I think the song's cheesy and then the video's cheesy. I think Save It for the Kids video was cheesy. Oh, yeah, and the that, video's That style stupid. of video is just fucking cheesy. I think using survivors or, or family members of, of victims is cheesy. I think it's just I, fucking cheesy. I think it's insensitive, too. I think I it's do. insensitive to the, the person who off themselves. I really think yeah. it is. I think it, I think it, it diminishes, uh, maybe diminishes, but... It it gives it just less just poor writing. Just write something, yeah. dude. Like, yeah. if you can't tell a fucking story, don't just don't just like. It's a good default, right? If I can't write a story, I'll just do interviews with somebody that gets the point across. And it's like, okay, man. Well, like, I can watch a documentary or something. I don't know. I, I, I think it, it's low hanging fruit. It it also goes to show, like, especially at this time, how little the bands had to do with the treatment of a of a music video. For sure. Because, I mean, when you look at even like all the small things by Blink, like a lot of that wasn't, I mean, some of it was, was influenced by the band, but it was a lot of it was, what was his name? Marco Siega or something by the, yeah. the director. Same with What's My Age Again. I mean, all the videos from, from the 90s and early 2000s were completely di- dictated by the, uh, the director. And well, this is a perfect a of, example he, of it. He did, he did a lot of good videos there, dude. Who, Samuel Bear or Marco no, Siega? No, Marco Siega, yeah. Oh yeah, he did a lot of good shit. A ton but they all kind of look the same. Whoa, they all kind of look the same. Whoa, hold on there, dude. The no he doubt did, stuff. Whoa, he did Sunday he did morning, fu- right? He did Island in the Sun there, dude. And he also did Keep Fishing there, dude. He did oh, a bunch of the Weezer so videos. Those are like really, really cool fucking videos. They are good videos. But who did, wait, who did Sunday morning? That was Sunday morning. Uh, I think that was Marco Siega as well. Uh, oh, God. Give me, give me the deets, Google. Give me the deets. Oh no! Somebody named Nora Gerard. Gerard. Oh, Nora. Nora Gerard. She's married to uh, Gerard Butler. No. <laughs> I was trying to. I was actually trying to think of Stephen Gerard from Liverpool, but I said Gerard Butler as if like the last name would match the first name. Good times. That makes sense. Oh, so dumb. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, actually, Sophie Miller did 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 the No Doubt one. Never mind. Yeah, Sophie Miller. Sunday morning. Anyway, that's a All great right, video. I on, love dude. that video. Love that moving fucking on. video. It's a good video. It's a good video. It's cute. It's honest. It's just, it, it, I mean, we're not talking about no doubt on this episode, really, but damn, dude, that, that Sunday morning video is weirdly nostalgic. I don't know why, but it is. I love, I love Sunday. I, I think that's probably one of their best videos, if not their best. I, I could see, I could see how it's like nostalgic. Because that's what Southern California looks like. Yeah, it right? does. Like Southern California in July or June. Yeah, like it, like pretty much all of Orange County looks like that. Exactly. All of those stores look the same. All those little convenience stores look the same. I think they filmed it at her where she grew up too, um, near La Huera. Yeah, I mean that's 
Yeah. That's little, every part every part of that part of Anaheim looks exactly the same. Those those lawns, the house where it's X amount of feet from the sidewalk. But yeah, everything about it. That's I don't know. That's something California. Yeah. Yep, yep. It's fine. All right. So do we have anything else on hold on? No, that's fine. It's a sad song. Sad boy song. Sad boy song. Well. Yeah. Sad boy and girl song. Uh what what do you want to talk about any other song? I do you want to touch upon The Day That I Die? That's my 3B. Okay. I really do like this song. This one's got playlisted. Okay, I know why you like this one. Why do you think? Go. Because it has a a very like outlaw country vibe to it. Dude, I thought it's fucking Social D, man. Damn it, I was going to say that next too, but I wanted to make fun of you because I know you don't like Social D. I fucking hate Social D. (laughs) So I, I, I wanted God when yeah, this pre-chorus no, drops. I swear he could have started singing "Turn Over, Turn Over." Exactly what I put too. Oh my God! I was like, chain. "You got to be fucking kidding me!" I thought they were doing like an interpolation or something. Yeah. Yep, that's I what like I thought song, too. It, th- this song has a lot of swing too, uh, with the, but that's mostly the drumming. That's Josh's drumming. But yeah, this, the social distortion is. Uh, it's it's undeniable. It's there, and even even to the point where. <laughs> so embarrassing it, this song and there's another one too where um joel has more a little more of a grit to his his uh vocals as well that i've never i never heard on any of any of the other records it's only on this song and another song on this record where he has some like gutter not guttural but just like rough sounding vocals uh, it's so it's so dumb <laughs> it's the day that i die I, it's a good song it's a, i like this it, song it's it's definitely it's one of the better ones. It's definitely a standout song because it this doesn't belong on the record. It doesn't sound like anything else on here. No, it doesn't. But I also think this one is a good. He this is a good song. This is good songwriting on this one. I, I think this is a good songwriting. Well, there's also like actual like proper guitar riffs, guitar leads almost. Like you you hear your Benji or or Billy. I don't know who it is. Um, play an actual like kind of like. I guess kind of like a blues guitar line. It's yeah. very, it's very short. It's very, very small part of the That's, song. But it's very Mike Ness. Mike Ness, like he's the vocalist, yeah. but he's also the lead guitarist. All those little lead parts. That's Mike Ness. Yeah, true, true. God, talk about a we band should, that we should do. We uh, should do Soul City. Their first, their first album is pretty fucking punk, dude. Their first album is pretty goddamn good. I mean, I've seen them, dude. I've probably seen Social D like four or five times. Yeah, same. And here. they've they've all been fun. I've had a good time, but. I don't recall anything from those shows. Well, you know, like the three big songs. Well, yeah, the, the big songs. But outside of that, but I've gone, I've gone yeah. back to their first album. It's called like Mommy's Little Monster, but that's their first album. That one's very like hardcore punk. It's very good. I'd have to go. Yeah, I'd have to go and listen. I, I'm not opposed to doing Social D. I mean, they're so iconic, especially within this, the the SoCal scene. I'm down to do it sometime. We should put it on our list. I'll put it on our list right now. All right, put it on the list. But um. Yeah, the day that I die. I mean, honestly, we haven't played any songs outside That's of okay. lifestyles. Well, whatever you want to do. No, That's no, no. We, song. we didn't play the anthem. We played the anthem. No, we didn't play the anthem. Why would you not play the anthem? I don't know why. <laughs> we just moved on. Oh my god. We just yeah. moved on to boys and girls or the dad. Don't song. play don't boys know. and girls, please. Don't play boys. And girls. I'd rather play boys and girls than the anthem. Oh yeah, because it's so it's so stupid. It's so ridiculous. That's, no, no, no. Wool. No. Wool. No. Wool. No, the, the day that I die, I just want to talk about lyrically. I, I think okay. this is about like wondering if you're doing the right thing in your day-to-day life, which is 
which is cool. It's a sort of like carpe diem put into a situation where he says the happiest day of his life is the day he knows that he's going to die. Mm-hmm. And you think, right, like, what would you do if you knew, like, at the end of today, you'd be dead? You'd have one hell of a fucking day, right? Yeah. If you knew at the end of today, like, you're going to be dead, like, you would have a fucking banger of a day. It would be the best day of your life. And I think that's See, a cool way of of putting in, because that Carpe Diem was so popular in the 2000s. Especially at our high school, man. Yeah. Ugh. We... <laughs> But like that's a cool way of, of putting a spin on the carpe diem. Like, yeah, if you knew we can die at the end of today, like what would your day be like? But they did it in a story format and that was fucking dope. I thought that See, was good songwriting. I took a little bit more of a negative approach on this song. Uh in that I felt like this was him deciding that, okay, I'm gonna commit suicide. I want to spend my day doing things that I love. So I I I leave so so when I die I've had a good time. I've had a good day. I've ended it on a on a high positive note. So I feel like this is about suicide, but then also him wanting to to make it a positive day, as as weird as that is. And it's weird because maybe I'm just thinking that because I watched the newest episode of La- the Last of Us. Have you watched that yet? The third episode? Not yet. Okay, so I watched that last night, and the part of that episode reminds me of this of the lyrics of this song when so when i when i was dissecting the lyrics this today maybe i i kind of have that still in my mind the last of us thing but yeah. um yeah no, that, that, that's kind of how i view this song okay lyrically anyway, that's good yeah. songwriting though right two completely different fucking things here one about like life and one about death that's who solid thought? songwriting who would have thought good charlotte good charlotte yeah. oh man all right so do we want to talk about anything else I, I do, I would like to talk about Emotionless. Okay, let's get into it. Let's do it. What do you got Emotionless, on? Emotionless is an okay song for me. If the lyrics were shit, this would have been an easy stinker. Easy stinker. This music is terrible. It's really bad. <laughs> it's a horrible acoustic song. Like, it's just, it's fucking bad. But the lyrics are pretty fucking dope. I mean, had they had they made a truly acoustic song where it's just Joel and Benji... Which I'm surprised they didn't do because from reading about their 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 early days as a band, when they didn't have a full band, they would go and just play shows with just them two acoustically, and I thought that was really cool. And the fact that they didn't do it on this record seems a little little strange, right? Yeah, I mean, it's they've not... done it before too. Like you watch like live videos, and they've done almost all of these songs strictly acoustic. Really. Yeah, almost even like even like a fucking anthem, even like all these uh, all the what's the biggest song on this album? I can't even think of it now. Lifestyles, Lifestyles. good lord! (laughs) Wow, they've done these songs acoustically. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Um, but uh, but yeah, if this song had been like a full acoustic song, that would have been really cool. But you know, then the whole band kicks in. There's the string arrangements. It just gets so silly. It's cheesy and fucking garbage. For an like like honestly like this is a solid written song. This is this is a really well written song, and I like it. I, I think dig so too. It, yeah, respect it. I love it. Lyrically, yeah. I think this is pretty solid. It's it, like where to even begin? It's, it's about their dad. It's, yeah. it's it's this. It's just like open letter to their dad, whom they blame for their difficult life, but also sometimes seem to think for forcing them into this self reliant and and not take shit for granted lifestyle that they have, and they do right that they. they almost like self-made millionaires because yeah. they much like Glenn Danzig 
put up flyers, dude, like boots to the ground. Let's work hard. But like the difference is they put out mediocre music, whereas he put out fantastic music. Yeah. So like, they're very misfits they're, to, to good Charlotte. Come on, dude. But they did the same thing though. <laughs> they did the same thing. These are people that, that they were just very got DIY. their name out there. That's all it was. But you don't you, people don't do that anymore though. It's well, all not about anymore, like, but in the eighties a lot of bands were doing that. Looking like bands like It's not the eighties, it's two thousand two. Okay, true. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, nobody fucking did this. This is this this era of music, especially pop punk, is all you know, about I, you know I disagree. Let's, let's, I let's, disagree. No, with no, you. it's not. No, no, let's, no, 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 no hear me let's, out. I'm gonna hear no because I, I, I'm already the one on the on the train here. It's okay, already okay, going. Continue. Okay, continue. continue. I, I've not I've not locked the brakes up yet. No. This is a very this 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 generation, our generation. The reason why our generation, our age group, is the greatest of all time, is because we. I'm I'm saying it. We are we 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 are in the middle between not having technology, right? We grew up with no cell phones, with no internet. We grew up fucking having to use pay phones, having yeah. to come home when the streets lights were on, having to be extremely fucking responsible for ourselves at an early age. Yeah. But we are also the generation that we're taught how to use computers in school. True. So we, we know how to use the TikToks and the new generation and the internet. So we know how to do like the old people say. We know how to use that stuff. Fuck, man. People smarter than us in our age group, friend of the pod, Dane, writes programs for this shit as a living for the younger generation. But the younger generation True. doesn't know how to be on their own. They don't know how to live life on their own. And so we do. Our generation is like the greatest of all time. Honestly, it really truly is. On kind and of a like site. Sorry. 20 years from now, like things are going to be amazing because we are going to essentially take over and tell the generation younger than us to go fuck themselves because they're the worst. <laughs> but anyway, go back backpacking a little bit. Yeah. This this era of music from like the late 90s to the mid 2000s, this is very let's just throw a band out there because we're just throwing a bunch of money because you know, like Blink is, is doing this thing and we're, we're signing record deals for everybody. This pop punk thing's kicking off. Hip hop is at like its, its biggest thing here and everything's pop. Fuck it. Let's just do it. There's a lot of money going into these record labels. They're writing a lot of checks out. Who cares if it doesn't work? As long as we can get one good album out, it's fine. So I don't think there's a lot of DIY ethic in this era of music. I think this is very much of the fuck you man if it don't work out it don't work out i'll put another band out next week and then we'll see how it goes from there i think i think it's a combination of both i feel like at this point it was still very diy but it was also especially within the hardcore scene punk scene it was like let's put out an ep let's put out a maybe a full length if we have enough if we can pull enough cash together let's put out an lp but generally it's going to be an ep let's promote the fuck out of it and then break up and then start another band. I mean, when you look at, especially when you look at the the East Bay scene from the early '90s, like that was a big thing. Look at how many bands like the guys from AFI were in, and so many other bands of that of that time, and none of them successful. But what I'm saying is, they still had that DIY ethic. But none of that's them successful. Because and this is about success, not about no, just like playing shows. And the '90s like kind of ruined music in a sense because we have so many fucking one-hit wonders from the '90s more than any other decade I, ever. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And that was because people wanted to just throw a band together. And even though I love Marcy Playground's first album, I think it's fucking fantastic. But like Harvey Danger, Marcy Playground, even like Lit to an extent, Everclear, all of these bands are like one-hit fucking wonders. The Macarena, for God fucking sake, was the <laughs> '90s. 
And those guys were like in their mid fifties. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know the fuck sings the Macarena. It's a. Uh, oh my god, who is it? I don't know. It's a, it's the two the two older guys. It's the fucking guy that's saying who let the dogs out. The, the Bob, <laughs> the Bob men. They've been around since like the seventies. But the, by the time who, the, who let the dogs out, nobody from the original band was in it. Yeah, and that that song is about like ugly ass women. That's what that fucking song is about. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> so yeah, Macarena was by uh, a pop duo named Los Del Rio. Yeah, on my go. deathbed, I would never have been able to guess that. Do you remember the video yeah, though for that? That was a good one. Do you remember the dance? Can you still do the dance? Oh, 100% I could do the dance. Fuck me, that dance is good. I'm going to bring it back. I've not seen <laughs> someone do the Macarena in a while. I'm doing it. Tomorrow I'm doing it in the record store. <laughs> just play just play the Macarena the whole time you're there. Oh, it's my God. That's brutal for me. <laughs> and then just see how many people dance to it as they walk in. What are we talking about? Emotionless. I don't know. It's good. <sighs> so, yeah, about his dad. Their dads. Or their dad. Not their dads. Their dad. Yeah, no, it's a sad song. It's about abandonment and all that kind of stuff like we already talked about. Um, Do we have anything else on this song? No, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's all. Okay. I don't want to talk about any other song unless you really want to. I think I'm good. I am good. Okay, so let's uh, let's give our final thoughts on The Young and the Hopeless from Good Charlotte, and then we will rate it based off of our world-famous three-point rating system where three is a perfect album, two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to, one is a bad album, but give it a shot, and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So what do you got, Jeff? Go. I do. I I, I thought going into this, the first time I listened to this, I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty dumb, dude. This, this is just superficial and fucking ridiculously bad. Subsequent listens, I after picking it apart, there are parts of it, like especially the dad stuff, that I thought was was signs of a really, really good songwriter, which is weird because the songs that are not about dad stuffs are pretty superficial. Yeah. So like I wondered, and that's like the producer's job, right? Because you love producers so much. The producer's job is to what? get like the best out of the artist. That's what you always say. You always say like a producer's job is to that. get the best. Yes, you do. You love fucking producers that get the best out of the artist. You love fucking Rick hey, Rubin that okay. can like get the best out of the artist possible. I, I think you meant to say Ross Robinson, but that's okay. Who gives a fuck? Producers right are trash. Time. They're fucking worthless. They're only there well, because the band doesn't have time well. to do themselves. That's, Who that's, gives a fuck? Who gives a fucking shit about producers, honestly? <sighs> You're exhausting. Steve Albini would would agree with me. Thank you. <laughs> You're exhausting. So yeah, it's it's bizarre because the best songwriting on this album is so far from the worst songwriting on this album. There's no like middle ground. It's either a good song that was well written like lyrically or it's a shit song that is superficial and fucking dumb why is there no middle ground and i think that's 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 eric valentine man the guy's trash the guy's fucking trash (laughs) this album sucks production wise way too much nuance in there that doesn't need to be there and i just i just ugh, oh it's gross but this album is better than this album is better than we should than most people give it credit for yeah it's dumb yeah, these guys are pretty bad at like everything, but it's like watching the little league game, where you know that kid's coming up. He's batting ninth. He's the lowest in the order, right? He's like the worst kid in the fucking team, but he yeah. tries, dude. He tries, and he I, tries, I, I, yeah. at at the pizza party afterwards, everybody loves him. Everybody loves <laughs> him. He's the nicest kid. He's fucking having the most fun. That's 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 good, Charlotte. <laughs> that's good, Charlotte. God, the batting yeah. ninth here. And uh, I, I never I, talked to 
talked about a band like that before. We never have. We we've never like <laughs> respected a band that we hate so much. <laughs> and yeah, that's true. Yeah, respected a band we hated so much. I was gonna God, say I, a band we respected and disrespected at the same time. Mm-hmm. This band, I, I, this band, I, I respect this band the most out of any other band that I've hated so much ever. I don't think this is a good album. I just, I just don't. As far yeah. as like pop punk goes, even like, dude, I have a high tolerance for shitty, shitty pop punk. And this is even this is even pushing my limits here. I think I think I, you I think right now you just have your pop punk goggles on. I do, I do, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm trying to be nice here. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna give this a two. I will listen to this again. I'll, I'll go back to it through and through. I, I playlisted a bunch of these songs. I will go back to this. I, I'm gonna give this a two because these kids tried. You guys did a good job. You tried hard. I respect that. All right. My uh, my final thoughts. I think, I'm, I honestly, I'm still on the fence as to whether or not they're a plant, they're a record label plant. I know, I, I know, no people way. say that they worked hard and this and that, but how do you honestly sell this many records? I know every other Come band on, we dude. talk about that do this, they're a fucking, they're a joke, they're a plant. I know that. This is bizarre. <sighs> everything i don't know man i just there's so this band is just so unique and just just a a mind fuck they're honestly a mind fuck of a band the music sucks the music absolutely sucks um obviously there's a ton of nostalgia here um both good and bad and um but yeah like you said it's you don't want to shit on them too much because they're they are so honest. They feel honest. They feel honest and they feel vulnerable. Ah, they're just <sighs> It's so It's weird. tough, dude. It's, so it's tough, bizarre. dude. And and this, this is this is so fucking weird. You know, from 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 the, the musically and how everything was recorded and and made and everything, I think this album sounds like trash. I think Eric Valentine and whoever Whoever mixed, I mean, it was probably Thomas Lord Alge who fucking mixed it. So I'm just going to put all the blame on Eric Valentine. Um, Garbage. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, just, it's fucking, it's, it's, it's soul. No, I don't know. Soulless is, is a cheap word. It's just, um, it's manufactured. It's super, it's, it's, super it's, it's the, mo- it's one of the most superficial records from this era of music, from this era of pop punk music, I should say, or even punk music in general. This is just, I, I don't know. I, I think, Sonically, it just sounds like trash. I and like I said before, I understand why why teenagers, young teenagers, really latched onto it because the lyrics are very, very digestible, especially for somebody so young still coming into their own and and all that. I mean, we we were emotional wrecks when we were at that age. Everybody was. Yeah. You're lying if you say if you're saying that you weren't. Um, and it's weird also that these guys were in their mid twenties when they were marketing to younger kids. And I don't even feel like it was done in a malicious way. I just feel like it was done because, like we talked about, emotionally underdeveloped. Yeah. Um, and to wrap it up, I'm separating this, you know, I'm separating the music from the band or mu- the music from the people, I should say. You can't. Why would you? Why, why do you want to? Because I, I can do whatever I want. This is Asinine Radio. No restrictions, right? Oh, I don't like it. So throwing that out there. You know, fucking, what is it, 1.2? 1.25? Uh, yes, a 1.25. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. This record is a 1.25. 1. 
I don't ever want to go back to this record in its entirety. I will only go back to those three singles off this record because it's all nostalgia for me. All fucking nostalgia. I'll go back to the videos because they're so fucking ridiculous and fun and dumb and stupid. I love that. But no, this record fucking blows. It's a 1.25. And it's only the high because it's a, it's it's because of nostalgia. <laughs> it's only <So>. that high. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 100%, dude. This record blows. It was. It is. It's really not good. <laughs> God, but they try, dude. They. Really I know. Tried. I know. I get it. That's oh. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh. I, you have to separate the music I from I feel the bad. people. I know. I don't feel bad for anybody. I don't know why I feel bad for these guys. <laughs> I don't know why. I do feel bad. There's something I want to talk to you about, but it'll be after the pod. After yeah. But uh, so, I don't know. So serious. So serious. Do, do we do we have anything else to say about this this record or this band? No, that's, that matter. That's it. No, God, no. Oh, God. I will say I'm, I, I will be happy if we never talk about Good Charlotte ever again on this pod. Same here. I totally agree. This is a fun way to, to get into pop punk season, and I'm excited for the next three weeks. The next three albums we're doing, we've already picked them out, so we're gonna get into that. Stay tuned. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And thank you all for listening. Give us five stars, and that's it. That's all. Come to us. But whatever. It's all the little things. Little things. things little, little things. things. <laughs> they always bring down. Yeah. These kids are doing more than just showing up. They're trying really, really hard. It's just <laughs> there was there was also a moment this week where I thought. Are they trying to like pull a Fred Durst on us? I know, playing the long right? con. Are they trying to do the Dexter Holland on us? Like I really, I, that though. really went through my mind. Yeah, dude. And, right. and 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 okay. So just just mm-hmm. I. This is so stupid. But Benji has a back tattoo of Benjamin Franklin, like a full fucking back piece. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with these people? I what don't is wrong know with these why. <laughs> When you think they things can't get any like more bizarre, embarrassing, I this is another example. Like why? Like you're not you're not hard. You're not hard, man. You're not hard. Going to college or university, get a good job. Oh oh, so I want to talk about the video real quick. So funny video, dumb. It's funny though. It's really dumb, kind of funny. But I want to talk more about the performance part of it. Ooh, um, I've, not, I have a big, I have the, a big note here. I got a big note here. I hope it's the same thing I, I was thinking of. Here, here's, here's what I hope you have. It's when uh, Joel is singing yes. and he leans forward and yes. sticks his fucking <laughs> yes. non mic hand up in the air backwards. <laughs> yes, he I does forgot it people every did fucking that. time. Every he does single it every, time, without, without fail, he does it.